up talking with this girl because they're both on the same bridge at the same time to jump to the end it all. And it just shows how God ties things together and you never know what lies ahead. You never know what God is doing. This guy makes a statement about his sister. His statement was, she's half Christian. Now, he was an unbeliever, and what he saw was sometimes she believes and sometimes she don't. He made the statement she was a half, a a half Christian, I think is the word that he used. Half saved, I think is what it was. It was half saved. She's half saved. But her husband, the paramedic, he's whole saved. That's, that's his, what he was going at. Can I tell you something today? There is no half and whole. You either is or you ain't. You either are or you're not. And so, well, am I leaving out some characters? I am. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got the $6 million man on there. I forgot about him. Lee Majors. JT, J, yeah. And uh, his wife. And they were believers, but they had lost a daughter to a drunk driver, and they just were blaming God. Or she, his, Mainly his wife was. He was ready to get past it. But this pastor has a guy that's pulling across, meets him at an intersection, and during that time he asked him, do you believe in the cross of Christ? I believe in the cross of Christ and what the cross stands for, but it's more about the one who was on the cross and what he did. Amen? But he asked him and he said, well, I'm a pastor. He said, you didn't answer my question. Do you believe? And so he had to answer that question. And as the course of this movie goes on, you see what's going on in all these different people's lives and how in the end they all came to one place. Oh, by the way, you had a convicted convict who had a terminal illness who had took in a homeless mother and her daughter, let them sleep in his house, and rather than staying in another room, he goes outside and sleeps on a park bench in the freezing cold, ends up extending or cutting down his life, according to the doctor. I left out the doctor and the lawyer, who are not believers, and they don't like this other stuff. It was a whole bunch of characters, and you had to pay attention from the get-go, but it all tied together to say, look what God is doing. So the question is, and the statement that was made in the beginning of the movie was this. It's not what you say, it's what you do. Do you believe? It's one thing to say I believe, what do you do? What do you do when the young, pregnant, teenage girl comes? Do you say she's got what she deserved, or do you try to show her Jesus? What do you say to the gangbanger who's out there doing his thing? Do you say you got what you deserve, that's your lot in life, or do you try to show him Jesus? Now, he can refuse, and if that's the case, move on. Or the pastor who tries to bring this girl home, and his wife says, absolutely not. Who, by the way, when Jesus got a hold of her heart, she changed ways. We know how the movie ended. I'm not going to ruin it for you if you want to go get it. So instead, he takes her to a hotel room, gives her some food, puts her up, and says, take care of yourself. Why? Because... God was talking to his heart at that moment. 
Now, he could ruin his reputation taking a young girl to the hotel room and checking her in, but he never went in the door. He just led her off and kept going back to check on her. And that's the question that we have. I want to talk to you today about something called reasonable doubt. Are we, all, are we familiar with that term? Anybody watch Matlock? <clears throat> what did he lose? Like one case in like 20 years? Good writers. Good writers for the show. But reasonable doubt is exactly that. A prosecutor sets out to prove reasonable doubt as to whether or not this person committed the crime. He's saying that there's reasonable evidence that this person is guilty of doing it. The defense, on the other hand, is trying to bring about reasonable doubt in the side of he didn't do it. So reasonable doubt is something that is inbred in us. It's been ingrained in our society. We weigh the odds of things, don't we? We use words like wisdom. Not always godly wisdom, but we use words like wisdom to justify our thinking because we use these to do the thinking. We don't necessarily always use this to do the thinking. Sometimes we need to use these with this to hear from heaven because he takes us on these roads that might not seem exactly right. I know you're hanging on every word, ain't you? What did he just say? It might not seem exactly right to our flesh. Right? Do you reach out to the gangbanger? Do you reach out to the pregnant girl? Do you reach out to the homeless lady who's living in, what was the name of the car? What did they call it? Nerdmobile. Orange Nerdmobile, wasn't it? Or something like that. And so this family needed healing. God moved this family into their place so that healing could come with them. And not only that, these people could receive. That is what God's up to. Is anybody following me yet? You say, you're going to read any scriptures eventually. This is church and we're going to preach on the scriptures. But I wanted to lay the foundation. Reasonable doubt. Faith is something that don't go along too well with reasonable doubt. Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 11. Verse 20. And we're going to read that scripture this morning. And in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. And Peter remembered... And said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Stop right there. Let's, let's lay some foundation. If you go back about ten verses or so, something like that, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. And when he's coming into Jerusalem from afar off, he sees a fig tree that is covered with leaves. You need to understand this part is that fig tree, a fig tree will start producing its fruit before the leaves. When it's full of leaves, the fruit is ready to eat. And so from afar off, even though the Bible says if you'll back up in that scripture, it'll say that it's not really the season for it. However, this tree looks like it's ready. It should have fruit. And so he's hungry. 
He gets up that morning to head into town so he can minister to people. And, and um, he's hungry. He sees this tree from a long ways off. He goes up to it, and there's no figs on it. And what does he do? I'm going to ad-lib here because I don't remember verbatim. But he basically says, you're not producing fruit ever again because you have no fruit. What he's getting at, and these guys heard it, is he's talking about Israel. Your fruit, the Savior of the world, your, your Messiah is here standing with you, Israel, and you ain't producing fruit. So guess what? You're not producing no more. And he cursed it. Goes on into town. Now this is when he gets into town and he walks in and church has become the money making place. It's ironic I'm preaching on this today with a bake sale going on. Woo! Go figure. We'll take whatever the Lord gives us, amen? Because that's what's right. Tradition don't mean anything. Not according to the word of God. That just hit me, by the way. So I told you, we're going to follow the Lord this morning. And so he walks in, and that's when he overturns the tables, and he accuses them of saying, you have taken my father's house, and you've turned it into a den of thieves. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Plug time. Inside of your bulletins is a prayer request card. Everybody in here has something to be prayed for, I guarantee you. Write it down, stick it in the box, leave it on your seat, it'll be fine. Come back tonight if you can and pray with us for these requests. Amen? Because doesn't prayer make a difference? It does. Can I? We prayed for Campbell last week. She had a good report at the doctor this week. Let's give God some glory. Amen. We prayed for Pete last week. Sweetie dips her urine on Monday morning. There ain't nothing there. Well, we're talking about faith, ain't we? That's where we're going here this morning. We're talking about our faith and reasonable doubt. So he tells them, my father's house is a, a, my house should be called a house of prayer. All right? So they go out of town that night. These guys don't see it, so we don't know. What I'm giving you now is sheer speculation. They leave probably late in the evening. They don't see the tree, don't know if it's withered or not, don't think nothing about it. But the next day, the one we just read, the next day they're coming in, and Peter notices it, and he says, Rabbi, I've got to get up here and read this. Charlie, you got it up? Yeah. Peter notices it. Then the morning as it went along, they saw the fig tree, and he said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Peter notices that yesterday, or day before yesterday, yesterday, you cursed this tree, and now it's gone. It's dead. It's done. And here's what Jesus says. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Let's stop right there for the, for the moment. Have 
faith in God. Faith and reasonable doubt, what our minds come up with, sometimes we know way too much about stuff that it affects our faith. Peter walked on water, didn't he? If you believe that, let me say amen, raise your hands, don't be foot, say something. All right. Because the Bible says so, so i got nothing else to go by. I'm not going to try to prove it different because I believe the Word of God is the Word of God. What it says is true. Peter got out of a boat and he walked on water. If God don't lie, he can't. And so he gets out and he walks on water. Now this is a man who spent his life on the water. He was a fisherman. And he understood, if I get in something that's going to displace as much water as this thing weighs, then I'll be able to float. He might not understand the physics of it, but he knew, I've been in the water before and I went under. I walked in and then I started swimming when it got too deep. I didn't walk on it. But yet he saw Jesus and he believed. And for a moment, while he is focused on Jesus Christ, he's walking on water until reasonable doubt set in. And reasonable doubt said, I can't walk on water. And he started sinking, and he had to call on the Lord to save him, which he did. He said, have faith in God. It's hard sometimes for us to do that. We can know all the scriptures in the world. We can memorize the whole Bible, and I'm not taking away from that. Don't get me wrong. But if we don't lean on the Word of God and trust in the Word of God, then all we know is Scripture. It has to be here, and it has to mean something. Watching that movie last night, it meant something. This preacher takes this cross, and he gives these crosses out to people. And while he's doing so, one of the crosses that he gave was to the paramedic guy. Remember, his wife was a, what, what did I tell you? She was a... She, she was a nurse, but she was a, her brother called her a, a half-Christian. And he goes to this scene of an accident, and after this pastor and this guy had prompted this thing going on, this guy's crushed by this big tank, and he knows by his wisdom and by his knowledge of medicine as a paramedic, he ain't going to make it. There's nothing I can do. So he puts the cross in his hand and he asks him, do you know Jesus? And the man receives Christ into his heart. And then his wife shows up. They wouldn't let her on the scene. And then they finally did. She finds the cross in his hand. And long story short, she's coming up with a lawsuit. And the chief of the, of the paramedic says, look, they were complaining. All you got to do is write an apology. And we'll move on. But something happened. He said, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I'm not going to. Now his half-Christian wife, she says, look, just do the apology because we're going to lose everything we got whenever they sue us because the city, the county, everybody's going to abandon us. We're going to stand on our own when this goes to trial and they're just out to hurt us. Just do it, and let's get along. He said, I can't. 
Now that takes a man right there. That's a whole Christian. That's a whole Christian. They're going to take my money away from me? Are you kidding me? That's a whole Christian. I'm going to do what I got to because I do not regret leading this man to Christ. And I'm not going to undermine it now. I'm going to stand my ground because of why I'm teaching my boys how to be men. There was no reasonable doubt in his eye. He just knew some way, somehow, God's going to provide. Do we believe that? What reasonable doubt things said inside of you? And I know the Holy Spirit's working this morning. He's talking to every one of us. If you feel convicted, let him do his work. Because one of two things is going to happen. He's going to do his work, and we're going to receive something, each and every one of us, or we deny him and he won't. Can I tell you something? God Almighty is a gentleman, and he will not force himself on you. But he'll give us answers. So reasonable doubt. It's easy to remember the scriptures. It's easy for me to apply the scriptures for you when you're sick or when this is happening or that's happening. It's a whole other thing when it hits in my house. Can I get an amen on that? You know what I'm talking about? Because we all deal with it. I don't care what, super Christian or not. You have days that your faith struggles and struggles. That's why we come together as a group of believers. That's why we got the prayer request, folks. This is good learning here, but the best service is tonight because we're going to the throne room of God and we're doing intercessory prayer on behalf of these needs. Because Then we said it was back there before what we read here in the next the probably seven verses before this through that prayer. My house will be called a house of prayer. Faith. Oh, let's just keep reading. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, in what? Prayer. Believe that you received it and it will be yours. And when you stand, pray, and if you hold anything against anyone. Now here's the key. Here's the key right here. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. You see, unforgiving spirit and unforgiving things happen inside of us it gets in the way of prayer we can use the steepled voice and we can use the King James language when we want to pray oh thou almighty you know, we can do all these kinds of things but it doesn't mean anything if there's something wrong inside of the heart believe in God trust in God have faith in God 
And if you believe it, then it's going to happen. If we're in cahoots with God, so to speak, if we're on one page with the Lord, we're not going to be praying amiss. We're not going to be praying for the wrong things. He's going to teach us to pray. He's going to help us to be able to pray. It's okay for us to come with these wants and these needs that we have, but we also need to be praying and letting the Spirit of God lead us in prayer. To pray the things that He gives us to pray. Otherwise, our faith will be rocked because we're going against the will of God. I want this. God says, no, I want this. But if we learn to pray and follow what He's leading us to do, then our faith gets improved. I prayed last week, and I'm going to give you a little heads up. I'm not, uh, somebody else is speaking next Sunday night at the prayer service. Amadis, where you at? He's hiding. She's with the little kids. Ah, God bless her. She's speaking Sunday night, and I prayed, and I asked. And then the next thing you know, I talking to Charlie last Sunday night, and him and Amadis was already talking about that. You see how God works things together? That builds your faith. Do you understand? That excites me. I'm praying, and God says, well, have her to speak Sunday night for the prayer service. And the next thing you know, it was already set in motion. It had already been set in motion, and so you know that the Spirit of God is leading you in the prayer. That helps to build our faith. Therefore, we can have faith in God. Okay. But believing. You know what? It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy to have faith that hits us. It's, it's easy to have faith for others. It's easy to have faith and talk about it when things are good. It's easy to have, but it's not so easy to have faith when things ain't going so good. When the family is struggling with this or that. When the enemy is attacking, oh, he attacks, by the way. You do what God wants, and the enemy's coming, and he'll use anybody that'll jump on board. Anybody. When it seems like your world's turned upside down, it's hard to believe in God, isn't it? It's easy to go through the motions, put the suit on, walk up in the church. It's okay, we can do that. But it ain't going good. Things ain't going good. And yet we have a loving God who wants to intervene in our problems. Amen. He wants to rescue us from those gangbangers. He wants to rescue us, our children, from those places of bad decisions they made. Or us, big people, bad decisions we make. Don't we make big bad decisions? Don't we? All the time. He says, I just want to help you. See, God has this desire to have communion with us. He wants to work in us and he wants to work through us. He wants to have that relationship with you and I. But he can't do that if we don't 
believe in him. That's what faith is. Do you believe? Well, I go to church. Yeah, but do you believe? I'm wearing a suit. Yeah, but do you believe? I'm wearing sweatpants. Yeah, but do you believe? And the question happens is when these adverse times happen, that's God talking to you and me. You understand? He already knows. That's him talking to you and me. See, the half-Christian lady, she got it at the end. Why? Because the convict who died and the doctor didn't believe because he needed an explanation, signed the death certificate and everything, eight minutes after he's dead, comes back to life. Oh, well, that's just Hollywood. Now I'm going to ask you the question, if that's in your heart, do you believe? Because he changes not. He's did it before. Why can't he do it again? Amen? Why can't he do it again, Brother Gene? He's no respecter of persons. He don't love you any more than he loves Peter or vice versa. Did you know that? So do you believe? That's the question. Yeah, it's Hollywood. Yes, they made it together, but does it not give God some glory? Does it not shed some light on what the Bible teaches us and shows us? Otherwise, why do we pray? Why do we go out and we spread the gospel and tell people about Jesus and spend those opportunities to do that? Why else do it? Why? Because he commanded us to. And if we believe, we're going to listen to what he says. Do you believe? Or do we say, well, they got what they deserve. They made their decision. You made your bed, you lay in it. You heard that one? Boy, we like throwing that one off, don't we? We like to spout that one off because it means something. It means we got authority and power and we like to strut our stuff when we say it. Well, you just got what you got. And all the while, Jesus is trying to pull that person in and says, I want you to believe. So do you shove them off or do you rake them in? See, it takes spiritual people close with God to get it. Now, I just divided the whole church up. Phone calls and emails, I already see them coming. Is it true? Okay. Three of you is not calling me this evening. We just sitting there shaking her head like, shut up. <laughs> just shut up. Just let it go. No, because this is the difference in what you're going to be tomorrow when you face the world. And that's my job as a pastor, is it not? I keep my children out of trouble, and I, ain't nobody loves my children like I love my children. But sometimes they got to hear the hard stuff. Sometimes they got to hear no. Sometimes they got to hear, yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Well, give me the keys. Give me the this. Give me the that. You want to do it your way, knock yourself out. Someday, though, you'll see. Don't take but about 10 minutes worth of good hard thinking to figure it out. Don't speak probably for four or five hours, but before bed we get it settled. You understand? That's what our Heavenly Father does with you and I. 
Amen. Don't he love us that much? Reasonable doubt. It's a faith killer. Because we reason with our minds, our earthly minds, and it kills our faith. You see, if God has done it, then all we need to do is give him glory. Why do we think he would do something and then undo it? Monica, you going back to UVA this week to get Campbell checked out again? God's touched her. You got the doctor said so. Amen. You need to go back? Are you sure? Reasonable doubt. Faith dies, God says, okay, I'm backing away because I'm sharing my glory with no one. Amen. Quiet message this morning. It's Thanksgiving time, folks. We need to be thankful for our families. We need to be thankful. We need to be praying for safe travels for them. We got a lot of people out this morning. Yeah, we got a good crowd. I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense because there's a lot of folks that's out. Brother Willie's had surgery. We need to pray and we need to believe. We need to know. We got Thanksgiving coming. We got people's going to be on the road. We're going to be eating meals together. We're going to be doing all these things together. Let's take this opportunity because all of us, I know, we are. We're going to be with family who don't believe. I'm sorry. Some of them say yes. But it's that fig tree with leaves that has no fruit. Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? It's the fig tree with leaves that says I'm a fig tree, but it has no fruit. And the real question comes where the rubber meets the road. That will tell you whether you believe or not. That's another questionable thing, isn't it? Faith without works is dead. That's what the Bible says. It's not what Ken says. Ken happens to believe it. And I can't judge any one of you. This message is if it lands on you, let the Holy Ghost do his work. If it don't, don't. If it lands on you and you want to lash out at Ken over it, you'll be lashing out to God. Because I know this don't go over well. I know it's not the right style or the right way. I don't know any better way. I'm doing what he has asked me to do. And if it hits, let him work it. Let him do his thing. How many of you believe God can change us today? Because we ain't done. We ain't done. Brother Berkeley's back in church. Why? Because of prayer. Y'all can say the doctors did this or Dr. Thus and Such did it. I don't care if it was the guy in the bottom of the class. If God said he's getting a good hip and things are going to be fine, he's back in church. Pretty soon he might be dancing like David. I don't know. And he gets the other hip done. My point is, is God Almighty did it, not Dr. Thus and Such. That is what I'm getting at this morning. 
He did it, and we're going to give him glory. Yeah, we got to go to the hospital sometimes. Yes, we got to have these things, but can I tell you, it don't have to be that way. It's God that does the healing. It's God that does the saving. It's God that gets us through. Your baby girl, she's gone through something this week. Why have we prayed? Because God's doing something. Little Reese, she here this morning? She's had pneumonia. And you took her to the doctor, and thank God you did, but I didn't take that as a sign, well, there's no need to pray. I mean, they're giving her Zithromax and all these kinds of things to take care of us, so we don't need to pray. No, I don't believe in that at all. I believe we need to pray. Jean, she's had a stroke. We prayed yesterday. She may come home today. People have strokes all the time and end up that they can't function right. Sometimes it takes their lives. Do we write it off and say, oh, well, it just wasn't that bad? Or do we give God glory for what His hand has done? That's what we pray for, people. That's what we pray for because we believe it. And you can call me crazy if you want. That is okay with me, but God's going to get the glory. Your son and his wife. For two weeks, your family gone through some things, but God worked it out. He's home. And now they're going nuts because they got nothing to do. The doctor said, you got to be still. But we give God the glory for it. Amen? It's what He did. It's the prayer line. It's the prayer cards. It's calling out to God and believing. Do you believe this morning? Do you believe? That's the question. And tomorrow when you get up, maybe you're going to come across somebody in a store somewhere. I don't know. Listen to the Holy Spirit's leading. They may not fit the right kind of mold, but He knows what He's doing. This little pregnant teenage girl who they took in in this movie, they're in an accident on this bridge. Everything converges to this bridge at the climax of the movie. She loses a lot of blood. She has the baby. The baby lives. She doesn't. But while she's talking with the pastor's wife, who didn't want to have anything to do with this young girl at first, she learned that they didn't have children because, you know, she wanted to be there when her baby was born because she asked her why they didn't adopt. They couldn't have kids. And she said to to her this, you wanted to be here when your baby was born. You just were. And then she died. You see how God works it together? Reasonable doubt ruins that. Reasonable doubt puts us over here standing in a corner with theological degrees and all these things. Well, I know this about the Bible. When we've got half of, half of the New Testament memorized, we can quote it, stand here and quote it. It doesn't mean a hill of beans if it doesn't do something inside the heart. Amen. Reasonable doubt kills faith. Because miracles, they go totally against reasonable doubt, don't they? Christmas miracles. It's Christmas time. We've been watching Christmas. Anybody else watching those Hallmark movies? Come on, men. Raise your hands. You're sitting there with your wives. I'm a sucker for them, man. Me and Pete, we're down there all the time. Been taping them things since like Halloween. Well, I'm a real man. I can wear a pink and I watch Hallmark movies, so there you go. Yeah. Because 
It gives us hope. It might be a story that was wrote. Maybe it was a story that God inspired some guy to write and it made it to screen because it's going to touch some family this year who might end up wiping each other out because of bad finances or bad whatever. But it takes you for a moment and takes you to a place. We read the stories in the Bible. Don't they do the same thing? And Jesus healed all who came to him. These guys, they, they traveled with this man and they dig a hole in the roof. They had to climb up on the roof with him at first. And then they dig a hole. They lower him down before Jesus because of their faith. Reasonable doubt would have said, well, I don't know if we should do that or not. That's an awful high roof. He's a big, heavy fella. Huh. I don't know if we should. That's what reasonable doubt does to faith. You see what I'm talking about? I want you to get that this Christmas season because it is a special time. We've got all kinds of things going on in this world. Black Friday might be a bad day for this nation. Who knows if these nuts get to do what they want to do. Be careful at the malls. Be vigilant. Be careful at church. I promise you this. If God will allow me to intervene, they're not going to mess with us at church. I can't say that that will happen, but I'm saying if he will allow me to intervene, they ain't coming in our church and messing with us. This is the sanctuary of God. And he's in control, and he might use any of us. But we can come here and worship. We don't have to look over our shoulder. Do we have enough faith to believe that? Because that's where they're wanting to take us. We get afraid to go to the malls and go shopping because things are blowing up and people are dying. That's where your faith dies. We don't trust God no more. We look at the reality. Watch the news. Oh, you see it on the news. Don't do it. No, do you believe God or you trust God? Then the next thing you know, the devil's taking us to the place, well, I'm not going to go to church. Then you lose out on getting taught. You lose out on getting prayed for. Because I'm going to tell you just straight up, that's the easy way to fall into the cracks when you, don't, when you disappear. You can throw stones at anybody you want, but you just start disappearing, you fall through the cracks. Because, because this one, 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 they're pulling for everybody that's here. And the next thing you know, those sheep that have scattered and gone over here and there, what's happened? God still knows them, but they fall through the cracks because then you run out of days. Do you understand what I'm talking about, church? Reasonable doubt. It's only for Matlock, it's only for the TV, it's only for the courtrooms, but when it comes to God, there's no place for it. Amen? Let's stand to our feet this morning. I don't even know how to close this out. I told you, I didn't know where we was going. I had some other scriptures I gave Charlie, but it just didn't happen. I'm going to read one more scripture, and you can take this to heart, and then we're going to pray. You can pray where you're standing. You can lay down on the floor if you want. You can come to the altar. It doesn't matter. But I want you to talk to God this morning because he wants to do something in us. And the first thing he's wanting to do this morning is yank all the reasonable doubt that's in us out of us because it affects our walk. James 1 and 6, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. It means he's like the waters. They go anywhere. They, are, they, are, they respond to what is around them. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's the word of God. That person should not expect to receive anything 
from the Lord. Reasonable doubt makes you like a wave. Take it away, you've got strong, steady faith. And such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. You've got to read that part too. That's God talking to you and me. If you're like that, he's saying to you and me, if I'm like that, then I'm unstable in everything that I do because I can be tossed around by any, any kind of thing. Get rid of the reasonable doubt. Play us some music, guys, this morning, please. And if you want to come to the altar and pray and step out, that's fine. I invite you to. If you want to stand where you're at and just give God some praise for what has happened this week in your life, that you've been able to actually pray for somebody, that he put them on your heart and you called out for them, whatever the reason being. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever that reason is, talk to God. You deer hunters, y'all probably got a bunch of meat in your freezer already. I've hunted some. All I've seen is tails running away. You got something to be thankful for because we eat the meat what I'm talking about. There are things to be thankful for. You know what? Yes, I am praying for exactly that. You say, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not. Jesus, we need meat. I want to pull the trigger on one. You know what I'm saying? I want to get him in the freezer. These are the things that we pray for. I'm not trying to be funny or nothing this morning, but these are the things that we pray for. There may come a day when we are like the people in the third world countries and we don't know where the next meal's coming from. We're thankful for this when we don't know what's in there's nothing in the cupboard. So let's pray this morning. Right where you're at, just spend some time with the Lord this morning.